Welcome to Tim Stodds FM, a place to share new ideas, speak freely, and continuously find ways to live our best lives. And now your host, Tim Stoddart. Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is Tim Stoddart. Welcome to Tim Stodds FM. Thank you so much for joining me. My guest today is my friend, Chris Heinzelman, a.k.a. Bobble. Bobble is his rap name. He is a touring musician. He is the owner of a successful record label that uh, that works with artists that are in recovery from some kind of drug and alcohol addiction. I had a really great conversation with him. We talked about what it's like uh, to be on tour all the time. Uh, we, we talked about the ins and outs of the music business. And we also shared a couple really cool moments talking about um, our own sort of struggles with with mental health and and some of our past experiences uh, with addiction as well. I I had a great time. Uh, He's a real go-getter, hustler type guy, and I I really respect that about him, and and I respect uh, his willingness to work towards his dream, and I hope that you can learn a few things from listening to this podcast. So please help me welcome my friend, Chris Heinzelman. I'm sorry, I'm was super unprepared for today's podcast. So I got shit in my phone and stuff all over my desk. All right, we're good. <laughs> What's up, brother? Thanks for doing this with me. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, pleasure. It was um it was good talking to you the other day. I uh had done a little Facebook post and like who wants to come on my podcast and I think I had said it before and you sort of threw your name out there and then you were like, "Um, hello." <laughs> so <laughs> I knew I had to get you on here. Yeah, you just ignored me the first time. You well, were like, oh, no. Basically, no. there's always people <laughs> trying to get on here. Um, shit, man, it's been a while. Just ca- catch me up. What's been What's been all your life? You just got back from the tour, right? Yeah, I just got back from the Undeniable Tour with cool. um, Second Chance and um, part of a band now called Gutter Souls okay. on top of doing solo music. Great, how'd it go? Um, it was good, man. We sold out eight shows. Wow. We did 28. 28 shows, 20 states, 28 cities. So I'm exhausted. I've been I back bet. for about it. Well, I've been back for like a month and a half, mm-hmm. two months. And I'm about to go out again soon. You were saying when we were talking yesterday, and I think it's like, it's so easy to forget this because I've never done anything to what you do. But when I was in high school, I played with the band for a while. and Really? Yeah, we were good. We yeah. played a lot of we played a lot of shows. I can send you some of uh some of our music. I still have it all recorded in like an archive. But I gotta hear this. Yeah, we we were pretty good, man. I, I will say we were very talented musicians, but aside from uh that, what when it comes to and I'm sure you you can attest this as well, our vocalist was amazing. Yeah. He probably was the one because it, for what it's worth, I mean a, a good guitar player is certainly a great thing to see but there's something there's something that's a little bit extra special about somebody that can just sing you know and has like command over their vocals and he if he wanted to he could have really like at least given it a good run like there's there's a bunch of people that can sing but he was he was talented well they they call that in the music industry the it factor and he had that yeah it's like when you sing like a lot of people have good voices but when you're a good front man, mm-hmm. is what sets you apart. I think you're totally right because there's the it factor, the X factor. Like you could see when we would play and we would do our intro, he would he would usually save it and then 
come out, we would open our shows with like a pretty heavy vocal. Yeah. And I like to look at the crowd and you can see everyone's eyebrows kind of go up like, whoa, yeah, I wasn't yeah. expecting that. But um, but the point I was trying to make is that, like I said, I'm like nowhere near and never was on the kind of nationwide tours that you do. But it's not really all that glamorous most of the time. It's a real grind. It's a lot of like eating out and yeah. sleeping in uncomfortable places yeah. and just paint us a picture on like what an average day on tour is like see i hate doing this because then like you ruin it for fans <laughs> why because a lot of fans think it's, it's glamorous like you have all this money which is complete bs all these guys that have claim they have all this money mm -hmm. it's the top of the top deal the rest of them i mean they make good money like sure. a couple hundred thousand but it's not crazy i mean all right, so so for example, the tour I'm about to go on, mm -hmm. it'll start Wednesday. So Tuesday, we'll drive 16 hours, some uh, to Virginia. We'll get there, we'll sleep for like that's the only day we're gonna be able to sleep really. So we'll sleep for like eight hours mm -hmm. when we get there, and then from there it's go mode. You get there, go to the venue two hours before show. You do meet and greets, which. Whether you're happy or angry that day, you still got to smile mm -hmm. and act like, oh, this is, I want to have this conversation right you. now. Great yeah. To meet you. Thank which, you for coming. Which you appreciate the fans, but of sometimes course. you're just not in the mood for it. Yeah. And then you do that. And then you got a sound check. And now you're at the merch booth the whole night. And then you get on stage. That's the fun part of being an artist, as the stage is just incredible. When you have people singing word for word, I'm talking like hundreds of people, like, nailing every no exactly your art yeah that's the best high in the world i, I it, it just is it's the best feeling it's cool it just gives you this like i don't know the, this energy feeling you know what i mean after that you're at the club until like one two in the morning and then that's where it takes off mm -hmm. you get three four hours of sleep make a six to eight hour drive and it's repeat no food if you do get food it's gas station food shitty food yeah <laughs> Um, like we're we're grateful if we get like two good meals a week yeah. on the road. Um, like when the routing's shorter, usually we choose to sleep more just so we can get rest. But if not, that's when you get like a good meal. But you're like in this yeah. tour van with the same guys, and you literally can't get away from them. So like even like your best friends, you start arguing with on the road. Oh, and it's course. funny. It's like bickering. Of course, you just yeah. argue about nonsense but i was surprised to hear you say that you didn't that you don't like talking about that part because you're gonna ruin some kind of facade as like a music fan i, I always kind of appreciated that part of it i did i liked to see the people that like i idolized as artists yeah. be human you know I, I i i think that there's more people out there that see it from that standpoint yeah then you might think there are i don't think everybody needs to see you as like this high and mighty stage presence superstar you know i think well i would say this i would th say first of all i think the way you and me think are different than a lot of people in mm -hmm. a lot of senses not everything but just because i've talked to you before mm -hmm. i would say you're probably probably like 25 percent, 30 percent like that stuff there's also a lot of people that if you think about like normal society and the way they glamorize artists and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. A lot of people had these fake facade perceptions. That's why these rappers put on fake facades. Like, or any any musician, they don't have to be a rapper. Like, we have millions of dollars. Uh, if you want to keep it on hip hop, um, I'm a gangster. Da 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 da. That's all a facade. It's marketing because people eat it up. You know what I mean? Like, 
I'm also in the industry too, so I see how a lot of guys act. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and I see how a lot of fans. I talk to a lot of fans because, like, our thing is we talk to every one of our fans. We respond to every comment, every message. Sure. We build a personal relationship where I know a lot of big artists won't even, like, say a word unless they have to. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, I mean, you're right. Like, me, I'm the same way. Like, my favorite band is Linkin Park, right? Mm -hmm. So I used to, like, I, I heard of them before Hy Hybrid Theory. That for actually, I guess it was. That was the album that I caught on. Yeah. Hybrid Theory. See, there, there's two EPs before that. Yeah. And I heard the one before with like Carousel on it, a part of me. And like, see, I'm a fan like you where I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like they would put like those little blocks because that's kind of where we get our mold from is how to be so interactive with fans. My favorite band did it like as big as they got. They were still so interactive. They were very uh, ahead of their time in terms of embracing the Internet. Yeah. And yeah. the social aspect of the Internet. They they. They were also real marketing geniuses. Um, aside from Chester, the other guy who everybody forgets his name, Mike, Sh Mike Shinoda. Yeah, 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 Mike. I I think he's got like some freakishly high IQ. Yeah. As well, because I know he invests in a lot of. Uh, um, he he's involved in like a lot of venture capitalist money with like tech startups. Really? Yeah, he's they that whole crew. They're like really really savvy into tech and and high tech business. It's crazy because that's where I learned how to like rap too. Really? That's why like a lot of hip hop people listen to me and they're like, "Why doesn't this sound like other rappers?" Because I have like that rock rap. Sure. It's so, like Mike Shinoda, Shifty, like all those like rock rap guys. Uh huh. Um, no, he was definitely ahead of his time though, man. They, they were. The way they marketed themselves in the beginning was just ingenious. They actually have in every state in every major city fans that like our street team and like they're giving them like free stuff but they like push everything it's wow. crazy they're it's smart it's ingenious but they like literally get their fans involved in the process so i'm definitely gonna get back yeah. to you and what you're doing while we're on this subject a couple questions popped in my mind which i'm i'm curious to talk to you about because it sounds like you're emotionally invested into music yeah what uh how do you feel about this crazy influx and trend with high profile musicians really struggling with, with depression and addiction and obviously the suicide stuff. Do you have like any, um, do you see any of that in your journeys? Like the, the stress and the pressure of touring and talking to people, do you think that has to do with it? Or do you think it's like when you get to that next level of like fame and stardom when everybody's looking at you? Oh man, this is gonna be a sensitive topic. Um, I bet I could see that, like you, that Lincoln Park really meant something to you, and so that's why I wanted to ask you. Well, not only that, I don't know if you saw the new video I released, but it says the caption on. You know, mm -hmm. we do caption videos because it attracts more. Yeah. Um, it says suicide is not the answer. I just dropped a video like wow. three days ago. Um, that's off of my new album coming out. Um, What's it called? So, well, the, the album is called Save Me For Myself. Mm -hmm. the, the, the first single is called Drowning In Myself featuring um, Joe Nestor, who, you know, is on the of label course. with me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it's crazy because my whole life, um, you know, I'm open about it. You know my story, but so I, I. I, I did, uh, you know, I struggle with addiction, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I've never had mental health issues, though. In this last six months, because you're asking, you know, if it's on a higher level or not last six months i struggled with it hard wow. like the video i just put out i did intentionally because i wanted because i never i never got it before until i had to face it myself and like the whole last six months until like the last 
three, four weeks, I've been in a lot better place. But like the pressure of it um, and the touring, there's a lot of things in my personal life that were going on. And I got to that suicidal point. Wow. Literally, like every day on tour. Like it, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. And I never realized how dark it gets. And I just put out a video that's very graphic. Like I wanted to take people down the rabbit hole. Cause like, like I used to not judge people, but you know, I never got it. Like, why can't you just be happy? Da, 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 until I just went through it and I was like, Oh, this has nothing to do with happiness. And isn't that the funny thing when you deal with depression, um, where you talk to people and they want to help you and they just say things like, just try something to make you feel better. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, wow, like what a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I never thought about doing that. I'll just feel better. It sounds great. Yeah. Um, well, you know, this is completely on your terms and I, you've always been like a pretty honest person. So I, I don't expect you to like hold back with anything. But yeah. do you think that it had to do with being on the road? Do you think it had to do with like all the time on social media that you have to spend marketing your business? Like, was it family dynamics like where do you think that came from um for me family dynamics is one being away from my daughters the older they get yeah um not feeling appreciated um i do a lot of stuff for artists that aren't on my label and a lot of times i go overboard mm-hmm. like i'll have like a contract to do something and i'll take it to like the hundredth level because i believe in them you know what i mean that was a big part of it is feeling not valued you know what i mean Mm -hmm. for all the hard work i was doing um you know it's just a lot of things man it's a you know when you're sitting there at least for me and i'm being told like hey you should be with your daughters more but i'm doing everything i do for my my children yes so in five years they could be set in a better position yeah and they're young so it's like they don't remember nothing now Mm -hmm. you know it's just a lot of stuff i i think just dealing with, you know, come clean a lot of issues crept up on me that um, I've dealt with a lot of them, but I haven't. And it just all hit me at once. And it was yeah. like, wow. Uh, you know, I was like stuck. Um, it's just a lot of stuff, man. Like, there's a lot of personal stuff that builds up. Dude, being a person is like fucking hard. Yeah, it sucks. It really is. It, <laughs> yeah, when you deal with emotions, it sucks. Yeah, being a person is, is difficult. I, um, will not like harp on that and i sincerely appreciate you sharing that with everybody because the thing that i find the more and more in doing this podcast yeah the best experience that i've had from it for someone like me who i don't have any like audio engineering background like i don't have any interviewing skills i don't even know why i wanted to do it i just heard like tim ferris do it because i listened to him a lot and i thought like man that sounds so cool i want to do that but I thought that I was going to approach it as like a marketing type thing. Well, like yeah. I was going to grow my website, you know, but what has happened more and more and why I love sitting down and talking to people is people are like so much more authentic and good than I think we generally think that they are when you sit down and like really just have a genuine conversation yeah. with somebody. And I've just found so much that people have been really willing to talk about you know, like some insecurities. And then every time that does, and then I I publish an episode, there's so many more people that always say like, damn, like I felt that way too. Yeah. yeah. You know, I had a a friend of mine on 
last week and she's a delight and she's a trainer and she talked about some like eating disorder issues she's a personal trainer so like fitness and body image and shit is like really in in her business yeah and uh after like hearing that and putting it out there and then getting some of the response it it always for somebody that's like as pessimistic and kind of like doesn't like people before i like them like when yeah. i meet somebody like i kind of just don't like them at first until I'm, i get to know them i'm the same way you you know yeah. everyone judges people when you meet yeah them. and it's been like a real cool experience to see that deep down on like an individual basis like people have good stuff to say and people like want to help each other so I'm kind of going on a little bit of a rant with that. But like what I'm saying is that you sharing that, I guarantee someone's going to listen to that and they're going to think like, damn, it's good to know, you know? I appreciate it, man. I mean, one thing with me is in the label on our music is we just try to be open. You know what I mean? Because so much, so I'm a big advocate for stand up for what you believe in. Mm -hmm. I don't care who it pisses off, nothing. I'm going to always stand no matter what the consequences are. You know what I mean? And it's one thing I feel a lot of society now sugarcoated. You know what I mean? People don't want to talk about issues. People don't want to go down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. And I feel for experience the last two years doing this, that when we do open up and we share our feelings, you know, it's just like recovery. You go to a meeting, you raise your hand and you're like, you're like, Oh, I'm the only one. Next thing you know, there's 20 people coming up to you after like, Oh, I went to that. I you're felt like, that way too. Well, yeah. And it's, it's, it's kind of the same thing with music, man. It's cool. Cause you, you know what we do, but we, you know, when you open up to see how many people, as you said, relate, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it brings you closer. Like this last week, I just dropped a video three days ago. Mm-hmm. I have people on my page. I've never seen on my page now that are following me that are inboxing me talking about depression, you know what I mean? And asking for advice and how'd you just go through it? And how'd you get in a better place the last couple of weeks? Cause I understand I'm going to go up and down. Sure. You know, I, I've realized this and seen this now. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm dealing with that, I mean, I hope it goes away, <laughs> but you know, it, it's just, why not be honest, man? Someone someone has to open up and talk about it. Someone's got to, yeah. right? Like I hate when people are like, oh, one person doesn't make a difference in the vo- one voice, and it's like that's bullshit, man. Like one person could change so much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you go back, I mean, I mean, I'm sure I know MLK had help, but look at him. And I'm not trying to go on like a a, a racial thing, but I'm just I got you. Out, you it's know? the power of like one idea, yeah. one voice. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I believe in that. So 100%. do I. That's what something that keeps bringing me back into it because I've really struggled with this. And I talk about it with my girl a lot, just with my website, with sober nation and with, you know, me being involved with recovery, people expect me to say things that are always like recovery and addiction related. And with, with Stasi, with my agency, like there's a part of me that wants to think like, no, but there's this other cool side of me as well. Like I yeah. love videos and music and I love writing and like an aspect of art that I wish I could separate myself, but like your Spartan picture. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like I think that's so creative, you know, and shit like that I, I think is great. But at the end of the day, as much as I struggle with the whole, like, identity behind me being in sobriety and like me being in recovery and clean and whatever the fuck you want to call it yeah um there's always somebody that like will message me and reach out and say like man i was really struggling and i read some of your articles and like man it helped me so i feel this like obligation to to 
stay centered in that and that community regardless of like you know how much i want to get involved in these other interests i have yeah. and it's it's almost like i can't help it because even when i try life always throws somebody or some situation in my face that like reminds me like okay man yeah remember that this is important well keep in mind too like a misconception like you know i'll just relate it to me with the music we do and what we stand for mm -hmm. like recovery is everything Mm -hmm. that's what people get twisted they're like oh you gotta just you know do this this and this and it's like it's every aspect you know what i mean like um and that's a cool thing about what you're saying how people reach out to you like yeah the money is good for what i do i mean like you know i'm happy with it mm -hmm. but like the biggest reward is when i can show you hundreds of them on mine and joe's page actually probably thousands if you include an inbox definitely multiple thousands of people that are like you always struggling. I heard your song. Like, there's a comment on YouTube on one of my videos, and the guy's like, "I just heard this song tonight, and now I'm going to treatment to get help." Well, like that's the most rewarding. Like, I'm not gonna sit here in line, but like, I'll oh, take the money away. Let's let's get realistic. Yeah, here. you're not trying to be like an angel. Yeah, but it's good to feel good about that, it's, right? That's the rewarding part of it. Or like, yeah. I love when I go to high schools, bro. Those are what's fun with me. Why do you say that? Cause like being able to spread awareness mm -hmm. before it gets bad. We're going into these cities. Like, so we go speak at schools. We go to Missouri a lot. Um, actually I'm working out to go back there in a week. We're on tour right now. And like going to high schools to me is like rewarding. Cause let's get realistic. When you send in an old guy and they start talking about drug addiction, mm -hmm. dude, kids are assholes. Kids are mean as shit. They're awful. Yeah, they're terrible. <laughs> so you send an old guy, they they pretend like they listen. They don't give a shit what he's saying. I gotcha. But then, like you send in people like me, Joe, even you would probably be great. Young people that, I mean, I even consider what you do living a dream. You know what I mean? Me too. And people that they would consider cooler, and you know, in the limelight a little bit. They listen more. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I've gone to high schools in Missouri where we're talking about blah, blah, blah. And the goody kids in the school keep in touch with us and be like, hey, man, like some of the bad kids, like we go to parties and they were messing up and they heard you guys talk and they like refuse to touch it now. That's cool. Like that stuff is like the coolest thing to me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Again, the money's nice, but like I'll take half my pay and get like thousands more of those inboxes over anything you know what i mean it's just a very when you open up it's a rewarding thing to see and also it helps you well yeah exactly that like it helps me to say oh i'm not alone like oh well so let me let, let me not not back up let's specify a little bit yeah um you have your music label yep uh you're part of a music label recovering artists worldwide yep do you only do you only perform in front of that audience do you seek out that audience or is it because i've always wondered this myself yeah i i think um and i think other people might wonder this too i was never quite sure mm. if you wanted to create art that was about recovery or yes. if you were simply supporting artists in recovery or if it was both um it's both okay so I mean, I, I guess what I'm getting out of what you're saying. So what the label stands for is 
it's a professional music label. Um, we only sign artists in recovery. Okay. We will not sign anyone else. You have to have a, at least a year minimum clean off of everything. Cool. Um, and we stand for fighting the heroin epidemic through music. Now, in saying that, um, I mean, for example, my rock band with Joe, Gutter Souls, which is like our becoming our biggest thing now. Not every song is about recovery. I mean, I got a song about the only thing you remember good about your ex is fucking your ex. <laughs> like, and do when I do that live, like people go nuts. Yeah. So, like, we our solo music's a lot more geared to that. Of course, because like, you're speaking yeah. about yourself more. But we we do everything. Okay. Like even like uh, my new album coming out is all about that deep deep hole I just went through, and I'm getting a bit of reaction now because I think. I finally like opened up, open up on an album. Like I did recovery stuff the last couple, mm -hmm. um, but no, we we do more than that. Like for example, the the tour, we're, the two tours we're about to go on, right? Um, one's Joe solo tour, and obviously you know that's recovery music. You know, what yeah. I mean? he has acoustic and da da da. But he has other songs like about like exes and you know stuff like that, right? But then the tour going on right after for Gutter Soul. What we kind of done is Gutter Souls is more of that mainstream sure because it's like we sound like lincoln park we do like we get that all the time um actually i get it sounds like lincoln park with bubba sparks that's what we usually get <laughs> which is funny because we toured with bubba too but um we we do other stuff man a tour going after gutter souls like the undeniable tour just got back on that was not a recovery tour second chance is not in recovery he's a huge artist gotcha um and we were the co-headliners and now what we do is every night we make it very known like we have a song clean and sober we finally after a year just released a video two weeks ago for mm -hmm. that just blew off and took up or took off um two weeks ago um so we make it known every night and that uh, we can help people but it's not all recovery like the tour we're about to go on i don't want to jinx it i'm not supposed to release this information but i don't i don't know if you know who like moonshine bandits is now there is Sorry. that that hip hop stuff, the country rap. Gotcha. That's a lot of what we're getting booked to go do towards. Um, yeah, it makes and, sense. And, and don't quote me because I don't want to say they're on and not, but it sounds like they're signing on. Um, if not, what is locked in is um, one of my buddies from years ago who's an Emmy award winning rapper named Tone Z. He does like TV shows and movies. He, he's a big four, but like that tour is not recovery at all. You know what I mean? We'll go out there and. I mean, obviously, we don't drink or nothing, but yeah. we'll go out there and just have a blast, man. But we make it known every night, like, especially when we get to there's the always going to be somebody out there. Yeah. In the audience. Bro, you'd be shocked, bro. Every show we do. I wouldn't be shocked. The numbers are, like, so staggering. Two to four people come out to us. And yeah. we, and that's called part of what we do, too, too is we'll be like, well, here's some numbers. You can choose this call and go get help. Mm -hmm. And we'll make a call saying, hey, we met him at a show. You know what I mean? We get to help people at a show. Because, like, a lot of people veer away from the recovery music because they're like, oh, you're going to box me in and da da da. Yeah. And it's like people are scared. Like, we, the biggest backlash we get is why you recovery and you're in bars. It's like, well, someone has to go into the trenches and not be scared. We don't want to use alcohol to us, is like, uh, you know what I mean? And we help people. I, I could see that happening. And that, I think that would be an interesting thing to talk about because. No matter what you do, somebody's going to have an opinion about what you're doing and what you're yeah. making. And I always have to take that stuff with a grain of salt, even with myself, if I catch myself like judging something that somebody else is doing. Because yeah. something that I've always, always appreciated about you 
is you know what you're trying to do yeah and you do it <laughs> and like i honestly think that that's like such a noble thing and it's something that like i'm very proud of myself for having that for all of my flaws yeah and there's a lot of them mm. for sure all of my flaws like you cannot take away from me that there was something that i wanted to do yeah and i did it yeah aside from all the people that make fun of you and they like talk shit on oh, your yeah. blog posts and your videos and you know you know for a fact that people say things outside of social media that you can't uh, read and, yeah. they, and they talk about you and yeah. and it's naive to say that that doesn't mean something because like you feel it you definitely do in the, mu in the music industry i've been just doing any industry with with trying to do something for yourself I've been doing this 10 years though. Like to me, like, bro, I, I can show you 150, 300 comments a day of people trashing me. Mm -hmm. I just have learned not to care. I laugh. Cause I'm like, cause this, is way way, I, man. this is the way I look at it. I'm like, okay, well, you laugh at me. I'm laughing my way to the bank. So keep laughing. Yeah. But, but that's not even necessarily what I'm saying. Like, what I'm saying is I've, I've, I've published articles because if you're a musician i'm a writer yeah, yeah you know there's no doubt that writing is what i love to do and i've published articles where i'm looking at the live analytics and there's ten thousand people yeah on the article writing it and i can see the comments ding 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 coming in mm. and then there's that one that says like this is a huge crock of shit like whoever wrote this is an idiot and that's the one out of all of them yeah. that i go home thinking about and i lie in bed and i go like man that really, it, like, so you're telling me that that doesn't. Not anymore. No. Wow. Well, this is what I do. Okay. So here's how to, this is what I call a hater doing that. Right. Okay. This is what I do with that situation. And I love it because mm -hmm. they don't realize they're helping you. So at least for me, if I make a post and something happens like that, it's on Facebook or Instagram. Right. So every time they comment, and this is stats you can look up. It goes in their news feed, right? Yeah. So I'll say they have 1,200 friends or 2,500, whatever. Yeah. So the top 250 people are going to see their anything they do, they like, they comment. So when they do it to me, I get happy. Mm -hmm. And I go engage intentionally. I'll go, like, stir it up more. Sure. Right? Because every time they comment back, it's going to their friends. Now, here's the thing people like this don't realize. They might get, have 50 of their friends jump on and back them and bash you. But then they have 20 friends that think for themselves yeah. and will see this and be like, what's this argument about? They go do their own research. And out of 20 people that you think for themselves, usually I pick up five, 10 fans. And then like two of them will write me like, I'm sorry, my friend's an idiot, but I like your music. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I win anyway. I'm just like, oh, thank you, buddy. Like, please keep doing this to my page. That's definitely a better way to look at it, man. It, I, it used to bug me, but like it bugs me. In the music industry, bro, you gotta have thick skin. For example, like even talking to our music manager, mm -hmm. bro, these guys are cutthroat. They don't they don't care about nothing besides mm -hmm. business. They don't care about your feelings. Like that's why a lot of people see this shirt. This shirt right here is me to a T. For people listening and said, I'm not a dick, but the truth hurts. Like I have to be a dick in the music industry. Like when people call for my artists, I'm like, I have to be cutthroat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, it used to bother me, man. I guess sometimes it depends. You know what's sad? It's the people in this city, when they do it, they bother me because I know they know me personally. Yeah. Or they know of me through a friend. I will say those ones get to me and I, it boils me. See, it's funny because that when people 
in South Florida, yeah, I, I hear them. They're the ones that bother me the least because I can see with my own eyes that they're not actually doing anything. And I, I, I know that there's like that reassurance where like the only reason that you're doing that is because yeah. you know that like you don't have what it takes to, to make something of value in this world. That's true. I think of that too, but I'm just honestly, those are the ones that bother me. Yeah. Anyone else across the world? I'm like, I don't care what you say. That's too funny because I, I want, but you, I mean, I see what you're saying where you've always been methodical in that way though, where like you see, you see like a comment and then you see what the reactions would be and then yeah. how it can ripple. I've, I've never been into social media with my marketing the way that you are. It, yeah, it yeah. kind of makes me a little nauseous, but, uh, but I, I guess it's just because I, I work so hard at it, Yeah, you know, and you do like when you create something, you're like sharing a piece of yourself. I'm going to show you something. Sure. I'm going to give you an example. Uh, you can keep talking. I'll keep responding. I just, I'm going to pull this up. Cool. Right. This is, I'm going to show you an example of exactly what we're talking about that happened. So there's without dropping names and stirring the pot in case someone hears this again. Um, well, there was, there people a, are going to hear it. So. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm not going to drop the name <laughs> yeah. of. They know who it is if they listen. There's a bunch of local artists that don't do shit with them. This is what I hate about local artists, too, bros. I hate when they talk and they don't do nothing with their music career. Anyway, a bunch of them, like a hundred of them, literally around here, tried to clown me because one of their people was in a contract with me. And what's to say the person like signed something and couldn't keep their word? You know, I hate that too, by the way. Um, they couldn't do what they were obligated to do, what they'd agreed to do. So they all tried to bash me, blah, blah, blah. So they made this great, amazing picture trying to clown me. And most people would get pissed and like get butthurt. I took it as a marketing opportunity. Yeah. I looked at it, I'm like, okay, this is really bad degrading me. But if I put this out there, it's clickbait. And then out of a hundred people, 20 are gonna become a fan. I was like, this is a like they did something to try to hurt me. That all it did is literally gave me 500 fans. Sure. I flipped it on. I'm, I'm gonna show you this picture. Yeah, let me see it. You gotta read, you gotta read what it says, too. That is great, right? I find that hysterical. Like they thought it would like make me cry. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, this is great. Did they Photoshop your face? Yeah. <laughs> But it's great, though. See, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, that stuff doesn't affect me, bro. I just made that my cover photo. I just took it off. But I made it my this cover photo. Beautiful. Like, eight months later, I was like, oh, I still have this picture, by the way. And I used it in my marketing. For anybody uh, listening, if you go to the YouTube, I'm going to put this picture in, in front of the camera. So if you go to Tim Styles on YouTube, you'll see <laughs> this. I don't know if I can do it. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's so good. This is his face. Right here, that's not his body, it's Photoshop. <laughs> I think that's from um, that the guy's in a lot of those funny movies. Um, dude, if you read the bottom, it says, I'll bobble your nuts for a fee. Because, by the way, my guys, my name, my rap name is Bobble. Bobble. Um, so like, that's what I mean. Like, I take situations like that, it don't bug me. I cracked, they thought I was getting upset. That is really funny. And I kept commenting when they did this because, bro, they had a thousand comments on this thing about my name. Wow. And I'm like, I'm gonna comment back to everyone. And I did, I picked up 500 fans in two days. I was like, this is great. And they buy merch now. I'm like, thank you. Capitalize on it. I like that, man. I I just it's hard. It sucks. It hurts. You know what I mean? It it does hurt, but at the same time, what people like you and I guess myself, even though it's awkward to talk about yourself and just 
when you're doing any kind of art, if it's writing or if it's photography or if you're a model or I don't know, if you're a painter, like anything, yeah, you're taking a piece of yourself and you're putting it out there. Exactly. You know, and like you're really exposing yourself and then you have to be super vulnerable. Yeah. And uh, and in doing that, like there's great rewards, but there's also great risk. And that's why not everybody is cut out to to do something you know, remarkable, worth talking about. Well, a lot of people are scared of that, of mm-hmm. what you're exactly what you're talking about. They're scared to put themselves out there because most people fear rejection. You know what I mean? Um, you know, it's crazy. Someone that said that is one of my buddies who tours with us a lot. Um, shout out to Marshall Alexander. He's a he does like little dicky rap. You know, like the funny rap. Do you like little dicky? I, I think he's, he's in, genius. Yeah, he's a genius. Marshall's like him, but a smaller version of him. Okay. You know what I mean? And he was on an undeniable towards the opener. And I mean, dude, it was amazing to see him build his fan base on this tour because he's never got like a tour like that. And then we got Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. And they just, you could see it. He got destroyed on stage. They just shit on him. Not shit on him. They just wouldn't vibe with him. They were like this sitting down. Yeah. And this dude's like hype on stage. And he, like me, like I talk shit of a. If a fan base is like that to me at first, I will talk shit until they get up. Like I, it works. Mm-hmm. I, actually, there's videos of me on YouTube doing it, and you see the crowd like, "Oh shit!" He's like really calling me out. But like, it's the same thing you're talking about. Like he said that he's like, you know, on stage before his last song, I think it was, he said something to the fact of, he's like, the way you guys are treating me, he's like, I hope one day you guys put everything you have out there, you know what I mean? And then you feel know how it feels to be judged. And like you, you could tell it affected him for like a week, you know yeah. what I mean? But a lot of people were scared that at least he did it. And his at fan base is big now, it. you know what I mean? At least he did it, but at the same time, you could tell that he's just getting started because yeah. like you said about being thick skin. I mean, you know, you can say what you want about seeing comments and stuff like that, but the longer you do it, the less and less that yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff bothers you. And ultimately, I think that's probably gonna be a good experience for him. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we talk about it still sometimes, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, it's just the name of the game. See, the way I am, this is, if someone does that to me live, this is how I am. I give the crowd as much energy as you give me. And I say that live every time, you know, like after the first song. Now, usually our fans, we have a big fan base of the show, so they already know, like, we're going. Like, we're all jumping. and yeah. There's some crowds even I run into with us that, you know, we're there for, like, chance. And they like the country, and we're doing this like a park stuff. And I just give them what they give me. Like I said it actually in Salt Lake City. I was like, they was even for us in the beginning, they were sitting down. I'm like, listen, man, like I'll hold my nuts like one of these bullshit big rappers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I will literally sit here and hold my nuts the whole time and not move and just rap to you. I was like, or do you want me to jump the fuck around with Joe? And we're gonna like give you a hell of a show. Yeah, have a good show. Yeah, and then they all were like, Oh shit. And then we did, we gave him a good show. That's cool. Um I don't know, man. I, I've just been doing it so long. That stuff doesn't really bother me anymore. Mm-hmm. So tell me about, tell me about the next tour. You had mentioned it before, but I think for clarity's sake, I'm not sure if you're going as individual artists or if you're going as the as the rock band duo that you were talking about. So the first one from August to the end of September okay. is. Joe Nestor's solo tour. Um, so you and guys you're just know. riding with him as like his manager. Yeah, yeah. I'm just a manager on that <laughs> one. It's actually fu- 
fucking nice, dude. I bet that would be nicer. Oh, it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. And I get paid to sit there. Um, Joe Ness, just so you guys know, is actually my, he signed to my label. He's my biggest artist, technically. Um, but yeah, that's talented. It, I, oh, dude, Joe's crazy. Yeah, he's real talented. He can do any genre of music. It's, it's nuts. Um, but yeah, I'm just a manager on that one. So it's great. I just drive and manage and work the merch booth. Cool. Greatness. Um, I mean, the pay is not as good, but you know, it's my job to help my artist. Yes. Now the next one. <clears throat> so we're like back. The last date is September 23rd. So October 3rd is the next starting date. Literally. Mm -hmm. So we, what is that? A week, eight days, something like that. So we're like right back out again. That's for gutter souls. And that's with two big artists that are huge. Yeah. And we're not even the opener. We're like the second headliner. And there's, and I'm not saying that just because one of the big guys that I know doesn't have an ego and he's like, I just want to be out there. You know what I mean? Um, but it's cool to go out there with these big artists. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was just going to ask you that. So when you start with gutter soul now, yeah. do you have to do opening slots ever? Is that like a, a new experience for you? Do you have to find that you have to like humble yourself a little bit just to get the name out there again? Wow. To me, listen, you put me on a show with three huge headliners and they have a thousand people crowd. Oh, I'll be the opener all day. Cause yeah. I'm going to go out there. Me and Joe are going to kill it and we're going to rack up the fans. You know what I mean? Sell merch. And I don't have an ego with that stuff. Now, depending who it is. Yeah. If you put me on with like locals, yeah, I might get a little salty, especially yeah, yeah. if we're pulling, Two, three hundred people and the locals are pulling ten. Yeah. I'll get it. real salty. Mm -hmm. But like, not really. Like, for example, on Joe's tours, you know, I own the label, I'm an artist on the label. And I put other people on the tours. I'll go first every time. I don't care. You know what I mean? Like the my point is is whoever gets in front of me, I'm just gonna do my thing. And they're, I'm gonna capture whoever I can. Like music's a thing of taking opportunity when you can. You know what I mean? So I agree with that. Yeah. yeah, wholeheartedly. I think that's probably something that holds a lot of people back. But at the same time, I think it's this sweet spot where I, I would Im imagine I compare it to the job market a little bit. Well, I compare it to entrepreneurialism because in a way, being a music artist like you are an entrepreneur yeah. mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And there's value in doing things for free yeah. and for going above and beyond and sort of taking one for the team and, you know, over over delivering but at the same time if you do it too much you get stuck in this spot where you can get take advantage of yeah, you know? yeah so i find that you have to constantly sort of walk this tightrope of being humble doing the dirt yeah doing what you got to do to sort of continue to like build yourself like one yeah. fan one client at a time and then also being like hey look i'm still the guy that is is making the waves over here yeah so it's it's a tough spot because it's kind of one of those lessons that it's difficult to, I don't know, teach people. You sort of just have to go through those experiences and get the feel for when you feel a little bit like, I think this person's trying to get over on me or, you know what? I feel like this is a good opportunity for me to yeah. just kind of take one. I don't, I don't know how to explain it to someone other than just trust your gut. Yeah. Well, I mean, too, with what you're saying and what I was saying about, you know, how you got to take it one by one. Mm -hmm. You know, the situation we're in, too, keep it in mind. Whether I'm the, the main headliner or the opener, I get paid the same thing. So, like, it, it shouldn't matter. You know, like, I'm grateful to be here. Yeah. Like, how many people do you know to go out and make a living off of music? 
it's it's rare you know what i mean it's very rare um i mean i i guess with what you're saying i mean it it's i mean it is the whole thing of balance and remaining humble you know what i mean you gotta also pick and choose your battles of course you know um the music well i i can only talk about the music industry because that's why i know our entrepreneurship but you know I, i've learned to pick and choose my battles mm-hmm. um I've had an ego before music, like way before Raw ever existed. And I used to be solo and make so much more money. And I did all that trap gangster rap. And my ego was just through the roof. <laughs> and then I fell off. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, anyone that knows me, I, I have an ego. As a musician, you have to have an ego. A little bit, yeah. Like, there's no you have way to you exude can. a little bit of confidence. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. It's just. Check some balance, pick your battles, man. It's, it's no reason to get upset if you're first, last. If, you know, what you were saying about, um, what were you saying about people like not disrespecting you, but like testing you a little bit? Yeah, a little. You just can sort of feel. So, a perfect example yeah. I had uh, somebody that I care a lot about was asking me about getting out there to start a fitness um personal training Mm. she's a huge athlete and she's got a she had a scholarship through college and certified and just really good at what she does and there was a coach of a college that had said hey i I saw your personal training stuff i really want to work with you and so she went there and she kind of put this plan together. And then it was afterwards that he said, by the way, I don't want to pay you. I think this is a good opportunity for you to be like associated with this with this D1 school. And so there's sides of me where I can see, OK, yeah, that is an opportunity to maybe do something for free. Yeah. But there's a, So the point is that it's in my gut. I don't have another frame of reference other than to just be like, you know what, that feels off that feels like he's trying to get over on you that that is exactly what that is yeah it's, it just feels that way well you gotta weigh out your options too like here's okay i'll, I'll bring it back to music because again that's what i know right Please do. that's like okay so i run tours i book all our stuff besides this big one we're about to do the second one i'm actually so glad someone else is booking it for mm-hmm. once um so we charge opening slots like any tour if you want to open up for any artist unless you're a huge band you're going to pay to get on. You know what I mean? Sure. Because unless you're pulling a certain amount of heads, I'm not paying you shit. Yeah. Um, now, if you're a local artist that does pull heads, I will pay you somewhat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, goes back to the thing like I tell kids all the time, like they're trying to get in. It's like I did shows for two and a half years for free. You know what I mean? I grind. I paid to get on shows. I paid my dues. So sometimes the exposure is worth it. You got to take that sacrifice. I agree. But you got to also look at it like, how is this benefiting you too? Mm-hmm. If it's just benefiting one side, then you're getting taken advantage of. But if you look at it so in the music sense, like when I used to pay, I used to pay 500 bucks to get a 10 minute slot on like a huge artist shit before I started getting paid. So I looked at it as, okay, so I'm putting 500, right? I'm getting myself in front of 500 to 1,000 people. Yeah. I have merchandise. So not only do I sell the tickets and hopefully make my money back in the beginning. I'm going to go sell merchandise and make my money back plus some. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to gain fans because I have faith in myself. You know what I mean? Now, if it's a situation where it's like, 
pay 500 bucks and there's like 30 people there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So there's mm. like a, a risk reward type yeah. deal, which, but again, I think what I'm trying to say is you, you're very good at like breaking things down analytically, but yeah. I think ultimately like you would be able to just assess the situation and just have like a feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. And say like, I'm going to go for it. Yeah. And you're, you're putting up because I'm sure there's sometimes you might come out in the red, but oh, like yeah. that's, Still, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's okay because you know, it's like an accumulation yeah. of all of them that ultimately adds to like success and growth and, yeah. and, and that. Bro, the last Raw has been around a little over two years now, right? May 3rd was our official date. It's my two birthday. Years. Is it? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's that our anniversary at the label. Cool. Uh, at least officially on paperwork. Yeah. Um, we've done, what, eight, nine national tours in two years? And, bro, we lost money on the first three or four. I'm, I'm not talking little money. I'm, I'll put it this way. One tour, someone fucked us over mm-hmm. for like 30 stacks, bro. We lost that much on that tour because we got, you know what I mean? We would have made a shitload, but we lost money. It's like reward does process, lose reward. Like yeah. failing is a part of success. And I hate that people don't see that. Like if you're not failing and learning a lesson and getting better, then you're not trying yeah, and you're not progressing either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like every successful person, one of the key things they all say is you have to fail before you become successful. Yeah. And the way that I see it, I, Sometimes I hear that analogy and I cringe and other times I hear that analogy and it, it really cuts deep because I don't like how we associate failure as like a bad thing because even the times where I did something and like succeeded at it, yeah. there were still all types of little failures to yeah. get there, you yeah. know? So it's never like, oh, I succeeded in this one. Oh, I succeeded in this one. Oh, I failed in this one. Like the whole entire process is like yeah. this big mold of just like, fucking up doing a little better fucking up doing a little better and it's it's super repetitive and it's over and over again but there is no other way to get from point a to point b other than to stumble i mean it's never like a graceful process you know what are they saying is the saying i love experience is the master teacher yes and i don't look at failures as failures i mean i do I, i i acknowledge that i messed up and didn't work out but I also look at that as a success because if you try your best mm-hmm. 100% and you fail and you go back and retrace and you say, okay, this is where I messed up. Because every failure, if you look, you can find your mistakes. Yeah. As long as you like really break it down. Yeah. So really it's a success because if you can acknowledge here, here, this is where I messed up these three things. This is where I need to improve. It's really you know, the failure is still a success because you learned a lesson from it. I agree. You know what I mean? I actually like a lot of people hate it. This is why people don't do stuff like we do. There's so many people that could but won't because they're scared of failure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like my father finally three months ago, four months ago, finally admitted that he's proud and he sees what I'm doing and realizes how big of a scale. Because like Keep in mind, because of my past, I was a mess up. Da, 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 I've just tarnished and destroyed mm-hmm. everything. So I had no idea. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is going to be good. You know what I mean? But, like, through those failures, I've now been, been able to succeed. And now, with a lot of people looking at me as a failure for my long time in my life, now it's like, oh, crap. Like, he's 
on to something and he's like not feeling anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I like exactly it's empowerment to me. Well, like, that's literally where I was going next. I do know exactly what you mean. I'll never forget. I will never, ever forget my teacher in my senior year in high school because my grades didn't technically get me out of high school. I had a, I had a guy in my high school who was very authoritative and like just knew that I was a good kid and, yeah. you know, he just sort of helped me out. But there was a math teacher I had and she said to me, she was going on vacation to Israel when I was graduating. And she yeah. said to me, I wish I could be at the graduation so I could see the day that I never have to deal with you again. <laughs> and I'll never forget it because I see that in two different ways. I see it as like, wow, she really sucked. And also like, man, I must've been in like, I must've been difficult Yeah, because she wouldn't have just said that for no reason. You know, yeah, like yeah. I was obviously a difficult kid. I, yeah. I, I had a lot going on, but it's, it's like you said, where it's empowering if only for myself, where I can look at my journey and all the struggles that I had. And because we don't need to get into that, you know, like we've both been through a lot yeah, of the same yeah. experiences and then get to a place where, one, I don't feel the need to try to impress anybody because yeah. like I'm a little bit more comfortable with myself on the inside. Yeah. But two, also just being a place where like I have freedom to like live this one life I have in a way that I get to dictate. Whether yeah. that's like good or bad, or sometimes it's fun, sometimes it sucks, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because like it's it's ultimately like my choice. And uh to see where I was and to see like where I've commented to see other examples of that everywhere. I mean, you obviously sitting right in front of me is a perfect example of that. Yeah. It makes me feel like really good just to see the power of uh, one. I mean, like knocking high all the time, <laughs> like yeah. that helps. But two, um, just progressing through constant trial and error. Yeah. Because that's that's what it is. It takes a long time, you know. Oh, yeah. It takes it takes some work, and it takes a lot of falling, and continuously moving. But I love seeing that because I believe that the most valuable skill you can have to get ahead isn't you know like intelligence and business savvy. I think a lot of it is just stamina, because yeah. most people are gonna quit because yeah. it's like super difficult, you know. Yeah. And if you can like outlast a lot of them, I think that's like really yeah. the ticket to get somewhere. A lot of his sacrifices too. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, you know it's a cool that what you just said is with your teacher though. I bet you if she saw you today and actually got like a week to see what you do. Maybe. She she would probably <laughs> she would probably be like, Oh shit, this guy's changed. Oh god, even just thinking of that, I just got like all <laughs> flushed in my face. Probably though, it's a cool thing. Maybe, but I god mean, you're a successful business owner, so yeah, what you gonna really say to you now, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't think it had a lot to do with that. I think it just had to do with my character. Yeah. Yeah. Comes I mean, and I goes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just lost my train of thought here, but I, I totally just did. Well, I meant to lead you on, um, but instead I kind of went on a little thing about myself. What I was getting at is I could see how much it meant to you to have your dad say that like he sees what you're doing now. Yeah. Well, Long story short, my dad, man, let's just say that he's always been out. My stepdad raised me, but I, I would see my real dad, right? Mm -hmm. uh, 
my my father is the type of person I know he loves me, but never said it. Yeah. Besides when I was young, I mean, I also was a fuck up. Yeah. But, so yeah, it was a little cool. I, mean, I have a good relationship with him, but I was like, "Ha, ah, you're finally realizing," you know, because that's great. You know, when, when certain people start to mention to like his son, for example, or my brother, you know, it's a cool feeling. It did. It means a lot. You know what I mean? Um, it's also a cool feeling, man, just to come from what we do and then succeed. You know, you're seeing by being your own boss too. That to me is like a best feeling too, because it means the most to me than anything. Yeah, no one could control you. Yeah, at and all. I think that's like I think that really, really had a lot to do with just some of like my behavior in the past is i i don't know where i got it from like neither of my parents yeah with you know the struggles that they've had neither of them were like super rebellious like don't tell me what to do i was just born with this thing where yeah. if somebody told me to do it i literally would do the opposite not even because it was the right thing to do it's just because somebody told me yeah that i should do it this way and i just didn't like that i hate authority yeah so i just i just knew that i had to do my own thing and I didn't know exactly what that looked like, but luckily I, I came across the internet and I came across like creating content and, 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 uh, you know, I, I saw some opportunities and yeah, whatever. Um, but that, that means, that means more to me than anything really is just, it, I wake up pretty early cause I'm pretty disciplined, but look, if I want to sleep till nine 30, I'm going to do that. And there's nothing that anybody can say. That's, that's <laughs> a great thing, bro. It's like, I mean, me, I work like 20 hours, 18, 20 hours a day. Right. That's I, a lot. I choose to. It is. Yeah. I choose to. But the great thing is, is once in a blue moon, like a month or two months when I just run myself into the ground, mm -hmm. I'm like, Hey, I'm going to sleep all day and no one can tell me shit. Yes. I just do what I want. Like, I love that. You know, you were also talking about now. I remember my train of thought when you were talking about the stamina of doing this and the failures and people give up. Um, when I started saying that I got distracted, I don't know how my my brain does that to me. Mine too. Is um the sacrifice. Yeah. Most people aren't willing. Like what I just told you, right? I am not exaggerating 18, 20 hours a day. Ask anybody who's around me. No, I believe you. Like my baby mom will tell you, Joe will tell you, my partner, right? It's not that I have to work that much. My thing is this. You have 24 hours a day, right? And I listen to all these like big entrepreneurs and I have my own thoughts. I don't just follow theirs, but it's like, all right, so your body needs six hours of sleep. You know, I usually go off of like four, you know what I mean? Which is actually scientifically okay too, technically. Is I look at it like, why not get it all done? Why not stay? I have a five-year plan, right? So why don't I do five years and three years and I give myself an extra two years to extend even further. But you can't do that and do at least what I do in the music industry because the music industry is different than anything else, any other genre. Mm -hmm. I'm sure with your job too, you sacrifice more um, hours than a lot of people would. Um, maybe not like 18 or 20, but I'm sure you work a lot in a day. I do. And I start it, very early. Yeah. And like, so people are so scared to sacrifice it. Like in my situation, my daughters live with me before this last tour for two years, literally. Right. And I'm not saying this to down myself or anything, but I would see my daughters eight hours a week. They live with me. You know what I mean? Cause that's the sacrifice. That, again, I look at to what do I have to do to build this? 
and hours and, and staying ahead of people and the extra grind is something that I always have found a success stories is the key factor, you know, but most people aren't willing to do that. They're like, I'm going to miss out on this. You know, I'm always on the road. So I miss a lot of things for my daughter. Now a little different as I have since I've been home dedicated to, you know, giving them like two hours a day. Yeah. You know I mean, you gotta, you gotta get it from somewhere. Yeah, for sure. But I still, besides that, like four hours of sleep, two hours, 18 hours a day, bro, I'm, I'm grinding. Mm-hmm. You know, like a day like tomorrow's Father's Day. I'm going to relax, but I still work half the day. You know what I mean? It, it's what it is, but people won't. Like, I hate the thing I hate is when someone's like, This is my dream. So you're like, What are you doing to achieve this? Oh, I'm just doing like this nine to five, or I'm doing this. So it's like, What are you doing the extra like eight to six hours? Oh, I'm on watching Netflix. It's like, Don't tell me that's your dream, bro. Do not say that word to me. Yeah. Because if it was, you would do. Anything it takes, like screw the girlfriends, you know, in a way, kind of I'm saying like my kids time can hold off. I know what you mean. I don't got friends like that. I don't care to like I'm about grinding to make this what it is so I can relax later. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like in five years, the plan is to be able to kick back and say, hey, all of you are hired and now I can go have fun. You sacrifice what? Five years of life. Yeah, I'm I'm totally on board with that. And. Uh, in my journey, especially this last year, I've gotten into a little bit more balance where like I've started to prioritize my exercise has always been super, super important to me because without that, I kind of lose my, my mind. Um, but I've, I've started to prioritize like leisure a little bit more, but what you're saying and which I completely 100% agree with every time, no matter what, is that people always get what they want. Yeah. And I really, really, truly believe this because the great analogy is, so not the great analogy, I don't know where that came from, but an analogy that I'm, I'm putting together in my head is you, whichever one you want more is yeah. the one that, that you're going to get. Yeah. So if you want to make this sale, sell that record, get on this tour, and you want that more yeah. than you want to sleep. Yep. then that's what you're going to get because that's the priority for you. Exactly. So exactly. It, it is sacrifices. Um, I guess just over the years, as I've thought about it a lot, I've kind of exchanged the word sacrifice and sort of made it a little bit more into like, what what are my priorities? Yeah, yeah. Because I've just seen over and over again that you get what you want. Like you really do. People are powerful. And if you want something more than you want everything else, that's like where all of your energy and all of your focus is going to go to. And it's just, it's just the way it works. It's just the way it happens. Well, I'm trying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get where you're at. In my opinion, like you have this like well-oiled machine. It is a pretty well-oiled machine, but I will say that if there's one thing that I've done really well is, and I really struggle with this, honestly, is, um, put people like replace myself. Yeah, yeah, and it's difficult because you care about it so much. Yeah. you know that like being able to close your eyes and be like everything's gonna be okay. Everything's gonna I can't be okay. Do that. Well, you have to. I can't. <laughs> that, that's my flaw. I can't do that. Yeah, you have to. With my partner, I do a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's like the one person I trust. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've I've just been super super fortunate. I mean. The people that I have now, like David right over there on that desk and Molly and Vinny and Jeff, like there's sometimes where I'm not the most spiritual. I'm pretty spiritual, but I'm not like 
you know, I don't necessarily believe in um, this like supposing to happen or like God put this in my life for a particular reason, you know, but sometimes I see like the people that were put in my life and how they fit exactly like what I needed at that time and how they really stuck with me and I can trust them, which is something that like I've really always struggled with my whole life. Yeah. When, when I see the people that I, I work with every day, that really is the, the biggest thing I have to go with on like, maybe there's something looking out for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that because they're like amazing people that I get to spend all of my time with. See, I guess the way I am, and it's a lot of trust issues and past trauma. Yeah, that uh, happens from people close to me and family members. And but my thing is the way I look at it, especially what music is. And I agree with that. I need what you have. I'm telling you, I do. It's hard, but you um, got to do it. But I look at it like no one is. No one can do it. Market as hard as me. I know. Like, no one's gonna go like grind like me like for my own product or like i grind for joe my artist like my solo career this past two years has been put on a back burner literally i just now because it's just me joe and gutter souls i'm like well okay time to focus on me again you know what i mean like i put like that effort into him because like i look at i'm passionate about him and his music but like i always look at like if i if i hired a company for marketing for us right this is why I, I i i hate this theory is they're only going to work as hard as as much as money as I throw at them. Where me, technically, how many dollars I make per hour is way below minimum wage because I work so much. I mean, do I have to work this much? No. I choose to work the extra hours because I look at the end game. But I just, I just, I feel no one is going to work as hard as me towards my own product. No one has that vision. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so it's hard for me to yeah. say, hey, you who doesn't know me, I'm hiring you for four six hundred bucks a week i want you to grind this hard and sacrifice all these extra hours and do all this stuff for me they're not gonna do it they're gonna be like well you're paying me four six hundred a week i'm gonna work they're these not. hours and that's it i'm gonna give you a book that i have in my bookshelf before we head out of here i don't know how much you read uh this I, book i suck at reading it's it's pretty conversational if reading is okay. not your thing honestly this book is, is super super conversational okay uh it's called the e-myth revisited by a guy named michael gerber and this was the book that allowed me to do that because if somebody isn't obligated and their work is a direct reflection of their pay, that's your fault. Yeah. yeah. And it's only because it's not that you didn't motivate them enough or you didn't like hoorah the team, all of that's kind of bullshit. It's yeah. only because you didn't write out and itemize exactly what that person's responsibilities were yeah, yeah, yeah and if you can do that and he really breaks it down even to the point where like if you put pamphlets together for like yeah. certain people like if you don't know what to do this do this if you don't know to do this yeah. do this um you, you're never going to be able to get out of your own way unless you build that kind of process i think i'm a cheap bastard too and i don't want to yeah, pay someone good enough to it's, do but what it's I not know. about that man nah. it's not about that because um because money has a scale yeah you know so if you're if you're paying somebody well or you're paying somebody not that well that that's completely irrelevant what's relevant is like what is the return on what it is that you're paying somebody and if you can build a process that scales it for you then like how much you pay them is completely is is the wrong number to look at like the thing to look at is the return on the return Yeah. yeah true I'll help you out with that, man. That book, like, it really, it was one of those books that, so there was a book called Think and Grow Rich that really helped me, and this book 
called yeah. the E Myth, where we're just like, I've been doing this all wrong. Uh, it'll help you, man. I'm telling you. Maybe one day I'll get out of my own way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> good luck with that. I mean, look, um, I gotta head to the gym. <clears throat> I want to make sure that everybody knows where they can find you. You got uh, websites. I know we talked a lot about about oh. your stuff already, but is there like a Twitter, a Facebook? Where can they find more stuff about you? Um. All right. So if you want to look, look up the company I own, it's called Recovering Artists Worldwide. Mm-hmm. Look that up on Facebook. Uh, we use mainly Facebook. So if you want to look up me personally solo on Facebook, you can look up Bobble. If somehow you find my personal page, do not send me a friend request. <laughs> I will decline you on my personal page and do not get butt hurt. My personal page, my personal page. Um, deleting fans left and right right now. I made yeah. a mistake. Uh, if you want to find me on Instagram or Twitter, it's Bobble Music, M-U-Z-I-K. And by the way, it's Bobble like a bobblehead. I always say that because people think I say Bible. Oh yeah, and then, and then it drives me nuts. I I'm never like, caught that. I always I, I get it all the time. Really? Yeah. Uh, if you want to look up Gutter Souls, it's Gutter Souls on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, just so you guys know, we don't really use Instagram. We do, but not I don't like really that. use it yeah. either. Um, I like email. Well, you can look up my artist Joe Nestor, who's a great, amazing acoustic artist like Ed Sheeran, but a lot more emotional and powerful yeah. music. Yeah. Um, if you drop a comment. Or a message, I will always inbox or comment back. That's one kind of cool thing is, no matter how big we get, I make sure I take the time as much as I can. Yeah, that's important though, yeah. and that means a lot to people. Well, it's actually like literally that's my job when I work like 18, 20 hours a day. Yeah, it's commenting back to everybody. It's cool, man. Well, look, thank you so much for coming in here. I appreciate. Really appreciate it to everybody listening on the show notes for the blog. If you go to timstods.fm. You can see all the show notes for the blog. I'm going to link all of that stuff up in the article. It'll be timstods.com slash EP52. And um, I really appreciate you guys listening. Please leave a comment on iTunes. Please leave a rating. It's the best thing you can do to support the show. Bob, well, thank you so much, brother. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Talk to you guys next time. See ya. Oh, yeah. Hey guys, it's me. It's Tim. One last time before we wrap up, just wanted to say thank you for tuning into the podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes. Please leave me an honest rating. Please follow me on Spotify. It's the best thing you can do to support the show. If you want to find out more, go to timstods.com. Feel free to fill out the contact form to reach out to me personally. I always respond. I appreciate you guys so much. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.